Hi, welcome back to another episode of Forever Quest. We got Sean, the chant, the chanter I like to kill. How are you doing today, Sean? Has your chanter died recently? Really quick. Uh, no, actually, uh, today or yesterday, I did not die. But before that, yes, you know, there was a good string of deaths we had. Wow. Talk much, Sean. Jeez. Give, give me some room here. I got to introduce our so, guest. Well, it, it's about week. a bub and a half, actually, of difference, if you want to be precise. Uh, we have a guest on today, Sean. So quit talking about your chanter so sorry. much. I'm sorry. I'm excited. I'm I am really excited, excited too. This guy seems super cool, super chill, very interesting. We got Pantheist Heathen on today. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you guys very much for having me. I'm, I'm really stoked to be here. Yeah, I'm stoked to have you too. I, lo I love talking to the, the streamers of the community and getting everybody's different take because we're kind of like new coming back to this. And sorry, Sean, I cut you off again, like I normally do. What were you going to say? <laughs> You're going to get used to it, Panth. I'll get cut off quite a bit during this. But uh, <laughs> uh, I was just saying, I'm excited too. I'm, 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 I love having new people on. I love uh, getting the community built. Um, there isn't any other podcast currently, so we're trying to establish a community that way. There's a lot. I mean, maybe it's because there's more people like Panth who who are doing streaming. And so we're going to ask a bunch of questions, you know, kind of related to that. And I mean, I know I, I have a ton of interest and um, a bunch of questions that I have today, but, but Jeff, go ahead yeah. and take, take your, uh, take your questions. Let's, let's hear yours. Let's hear your questions first. So is Panth okay? That we're, that Sean's yes. calling you that? Okay. All That's right, Panth. perfect. I know I picked like a probably super obnoxiously long Twitch name when I first got started and I've thought about changing it a couple of times to just try to shorten it to Panth. So yeah, Panth is perfect. All right, Love so it. I have a vision in my head of, of of a character I've created a avatar in my head of you because a lot of things going on in my life right now. We've been reconnecting with a friend of ours from Alaska, and Alaska is this like magical forested place with magical creatures, but it's also very yeah. spooky. And at the same time, we've been playing Kaladim, which is the new Magic: The Gathering set, which is all about like Northern Lights, like Vikings and stuff like that. And so then, as I'm watching your stream and I'm watching, I'm reading your bio and how like you feel very connected to nature and the very mystical sense of it. And I'm just imagining you now like walking through Alaska with a big like staff. And here's what I'm thinking <laughs> your team is. Your team is like three bears, 10 wolves and 200 ravens is what I'm thinking. You're like oh. trotting through the, the forest and just doing your thing. That's great too. Cause even when I played MTG, it was in like the Theros block. I was all into red and green monsters and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, it's perfect, perfect. So, <laughs> so, no, so no more Magic the Gathering, you, you've given it up? I'm uh, just notoriously bad at it, just kind of like I am at EverQuest. I, I love the game and the mechanics. I just, uh, I don't thrive super well in like the one versus one competitive because um, I'm just, I just am not great. You know, the skill level between those guys that you see on like your yeah. Reed Dukes and, you know, your Chris Van Meters and your stuff like that. Um, and then the skill level that that I'm at is it's a little de depressing, I guess, but I love the, <laughs> the lore of the game and the gameplay itself is great. Yeah. So you said you weren't good at EverQuest, but I, I watched you stream the other time. And, and I mean, I, I personally, this is a question I was actually going to ask you, so it fits perfectly. I can't understand how you can talk to people with all the chat streaming on one side, deal with whatever mobs. And I was watching you kill, I don't know, 15 or so mobs at a time and like not even batting an I like I have a difficult time just even saying a word to Jeff when I have headphones on when I'm playing. So how do you manage to keep all of those things and like stay completely calm and cool 
while you're doing all that? Is it just natural? Um, I wouldn't say it's natural. I would say that I'm just actually very, very lucky that um, I have people that have kind of come to my aid in the game and in the community and that like it seems like to group with me and I basically will get you know, carried through content. I'd say there's there's some classes I'm better at than others, but um, yeah, EverQuest is one of those games that it is difficult with your role being so important in your group most of the time that you really got to kind of, you know, focus in at certain times. But I'm very lucky with the people that that I do get to group with and the people from the stream um, are generally all just very good players. And so I feel very gifted that I get to group with a lot of them on the most part. Cool. <laughs> So uh, let's go back to the forest thing because that's what I'm intrigued with here. Is this a real life? <laughs> is this like a real life thing for you too? Because I grew up right next to a forest. My backyard, like I grew up uh, near a farm on a farm in Heartland, where they take like a little piece of the farm and they sell a couple houses on it. And so, mm-hmm. like our house was like the quarter plot of a farm, but it was surrounded by woods. So I was out in the forest all the time as a kid. Do you have like a personal deep connection with the forest and creatures and stuff like that in your real life? Um, yeah, I would say like, it wasn't, wasn't like that for me when I was younger. I grew up in Southern California and it's kind of boring there in terms of the weather and stuff like that. But, um, in my earlier teen years, we moved up to Northern California and then that's when that, that part of me kind of really started to show. And, um, we moved into this place that had a pretty nice sized little wooded area. And yeah, I mean, I would just love to, I've always been a big fan of music and I would love to just, you know, put some music on and kind of walk back into the forest a little bit and just kind of chill out. So oddly though, I'm not really big on camping. I can't, I don't want to go out and like really rough it. I want to be back at my house at the end of the night, but yeah, I like, I like getting out into the forest. Yeah, for sure. That's sweet. We, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting. Um, so when you when you uh, say, are you still in Northern California? Do you do you mind telling us, are you still living in Northern California? I'm, I live in Oakland. That's why I'm asking. Oh, no, no, I don't. Um, I when I moved out to the East Coast. Uh, I got a job opportunity out here. I, I really would. I've, I'm kind of setting myself up a five-year plan. I miss the West Coast really bad. I would really love to find myself back in like the Pacific Northwest somewhere or, um, you know, somewhere in that Northern California area in the next few years. But um, I live, I live pretty close to some nice wooded areas out here. I just, it's not the same as it is out there. I miss it. Yeah. Understood. <laughs> so what do you love about EverQuest? Um, oh man, that's a loaded question. Yeah, there that, you go. That's a deep, deep answer. I mean, I'll just unpack it a little bit. Um, it's, it's just, it's unbelievable. It's unlike any other game I've ever played before. Um, Back when the game had first come out, I was a little bit too young to like really truly appreciate it. But coming back to the game as an adult, which it sounds like you guys are kind of doing as well, yep. is is just unbelievable. I mean, you don't you don't get that instant gratification. It's not like you know I want to go to this quest hub and pick up these thirteen quests and just really feel disconnected from what I'm actually doing in the world. And by the time I'm done with those 13 quests, I'm going to have 13 new pieces of armor that I can equip that are better than the 13 pieces that I just got from the last quest. It's like every small gain that you get in the game is a valid, wonderful upgrade. Even if it's like an additional two stat points, everything makes you feel like you're working for it. And when you camp that flowing black silk sash for 10 hours in the bottom of lower guck and you get it no other game has ever made me feel that way where like your heart races and you're just elated. Um, and just, yeah, it, it just, it feels amazing to just be in the world and to, 
experience a game like that when so many other games have departed so much from that, you know, in the last 20 years. Now, how do you like to approach getting gear in the game? Because I think a lot of people approach it differently. Some people try to just gear up constantly as they go and try to go to those camps to get gear. I've seen people like still wearing some cloth at level 40. They're like, gear isn't important. I'll get the gear eventually. You know, I personally, the way I've approached it this time, I think the way Sean and I both approached it is we kind of right around between level maybe 20 and 30 is when we geared up and then we haven't really done much since then. That's when we kind of, we just one piece at a time, we start buying something for a couple hundred plat, just geared everything out. And now we've just kind of been, just been grinding, but how do you do it? Yeah. Um, so generally uh, I've, I've kind of started on several of the time lock progression servers. So the first character that I make, you don't really have a choice. You don't have a lot of money you can spend. So normally I'll start with like a caster class, like enchanter is probably my favorite class in the game. Um, and I'll normally play that character. And by the time I'm level 50, the cap for classic, I'll still have all of just whatever random cloth crap that I found leveling my way up, hardly any gear. But then the alts and stuff that I make, I generally like to spoil a lot and I'll go and spend some gear. <laughs> like making sure at level one, they've got, you know, 400 AC and, you know, 2,300 hit points so I can really beat the shit out of it, you know? Yep. So is the way to go hit point and mana gear? Because like from just a practical standpoint, Sean and I don't understand the game super well still. So if you're trying to twink out a low level character, do you just want to get stuff with hit points and mana or what's the strategy there? Um, your classes are going to be pretty different. I mean, so I, you know, your your starting allocated stat points that you get in the game are a little bit outdated now. Um, I suggest everybody goes into those stats when you're starting on a fresh server on a TLP and put your points into stamina, no matter what class you are. Take really? your points out of intelligence or agility or whatever they are and put them into stamina, especially as like an enchanter, because your main DPS is going to be your charm pet. And as Sean, you probably know, when your charm pet breaks, it will beat the hell out of you. And like they hurt real bad, especially if you're hasting that pet. So the more hit points you can give yourself, the better. And as you progress through the game, your main stat is really pretty easy to find in gear and in buffs. You're going to find intelligence gear all the time. But what you're not going to see on caster-based gear is stamina. Hardly ever. That's a very hard stat to raise. So getting that additional 15 or 20 points boosted into it right at the start of the game is great. Um, But like for a tank, you would still want to do that. You want to be heavy stamina, but I would say prioritize like AC. AC is king in like classic EverQuest. If you got a high AC, stuff's barely going to hit you. So, and I'm not unbelievably knowledgeable on all that stuff, but I always prioritize stamina on any character that I make. What kind of server are you playing on now? Um, So I generally enjoy playing on the Time Lock Progression servers, the official Dark Paw Games TLPs. Are you guys familiar with what those are? Have you... I, kind of. I mean, we originally we played on the original servers, but I haven't played on one in a long time. So are, are these, go ahead, tell, tell us exactly what it is. Sure. So a time lock progression server, it's, it's an official server run by Darkpaw Games. Um, what they do is they start out in classic EverQuest. There's several servers, so some of them have different rules, but the basic rule set of a TLP is start in classic. Every three months, a new expansion pack unlocks in its original order. So you'll be in classic from level one to 50, lower guck is the end game. You've got your plane of fear, your plane of hate. And then three months later, boom, you get Kunark and then you get your epics, your level cap goes up to 60 and so on every three months. Um, And I really enjoy 
that play style is just great, especially for, for guys like you that haven't been around in the game in a very long time to get that experience again, like the start of a TLP where you've got 400 people running around Nectulos Forest and, <laughs> you know, killing snakes and bats. It's an unbelievable experience for people that haven't gotten to experience that before. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my preferred style of play. But I'm just now starting to like literally last weekend, um, I made a character on a server called Furiona which is a live server and the level caps 115 it has all the expansions on it and it's always kind of been my dream to have a, a max level character someday so that's kind of what i'm working towards now i have a necromancer that's level 55 and we're gonna see if we can get him to 115 awesome that's crazy that's are awesome. they are they still amazing soloers even in that version that goes all the way up i don't i heard the game kind of changes over time yeah, I've heard that too. I It has been 15 years myself since I've ever played anything really past like level 60. So yep. it's it's a getting to the point where it's all going to be kind of new to me probably like next weekend. Um, I've heard very recently within the last six months, uh, Dark Paw Games finally, finally gave Necromancers a buff to their dots. So at level 75 plus, that's when that buff takes effect. And supposedly their dots are just like absurd right? and they're they're one of the top dps in the game right now so but that was like it took them 12 years to finally revamp necromancer's dots so is the current tlp server that is the newest the ardune that's i've heard about one called ardune is that correct yeah yeah and if you're uh if you're not familiar that was uh, brad mcquade's character name brad mcquade is one of the original creators of everquest who passed away uh last year oh. um so they dedicate they named the server after his everquest character eridun and they actually erected a monument to him in east karana where wow. you can go and see his like flaming sword and stuff it's it's pretty awesome that's amazing. but uh yeah it's eridun and rislona are the two servers that they launched at the same time Eridune is a standard time lock progression server, like I just described, the three-month unlocks, and it's what's called a true box server, which means you can only play one character for every actual computer that you have. You can't multi-box like 10, 10 characters on one PC right. um, to a maximum of two. That's one of the special rules on Eridune, where Rislona is... The Wild West, basically. You can run 800 characters on one computer if you want to and just alt-tab between them all anytime you want to. So those are the differences between the two. And on these servers, the experience tables are the same. Like, they're not... They're not the, the experience you get for killing a mob isn't um, turned up, right? So it, in these three-month time periods, you're leveling from zero to 50. And then you're going from there in the next three months, you're getting to the next phase, whatever it is, to Kunark. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Um, unless otherwise stated, like the the batch of time lock progression servers that came out before Eridun and Rislona was a server called Cello and Mangler. Cello was a special rule set server that gave you a 50% bonus to your experience. And instead of there being three month unlocks, it's one month unlocks. <laughs> so that's why they name it after the barred run speed because oh. everything goes and a lot of people chose to play on that server and i messed around on there for a while it was really cool but it just moved i felt like it moved like the, the three months seems almost perfect in time in terms of the unlocks you get time to settle into an expansion and really experience it where one month just felt like it was too fast for me like before i blinked the expansion was over <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so is trade skilling a scam <laughs> 
Um, no, it's uh, if you are good at trade skilling and you understand how trade skilling works, you will be rich on time lock okay. progression servers. You will be rich. Um, I learned this on the last TLP. If with, you guys are familiar with what Chrono are, do you know what those are? I was trying to tell Sean about these the other day, but I don't fully understand them. I said there's a way to play EverQuest on the paid versions these days, but still play for free, but you have to like farm something. Yeah, so a chrono is something that you purchase for real life money from Dark uh, Daybreak Games or Dark Paw Games off their website. And what you do is you spend real life money, they add that to your account and you redeem it in the game for 30 days worth of game time. Where these things are interesting is that they're tradable between players. So somebody that's very good at making money in the game, like let's say through a trade skill, can sell sets of banded armor in the game for oh 200 platinum a piece and make themselves enough platinum in the game that they can buy chrono off of players and never actually have to spend real life money buying their game time. They can just, you know, if you're good at making money in the game, making platinum, you never technically need to pay for, you know, any of your game time, which is great. Are some trade skills a scam? Like, is, <laughs> is getting good at baking just like don't just don't do it? Or um, yeah, they all have so their actually, purpose. I, I think there there is a purpose. Like when you get to a high level baking skill, you can make some really good stat food and just pieces of food that last. I think they're called uh, banquet sized meals that will yeah, literally last yeah. you like a hundred times what just like your standard ration will. Um, poor rogues. Um, until later in the game, their poison their poison making is is really not great because like Aww. every single file of poison you make they won't stack in your inventory so oh. <laughs> it, they all take up one inventory space and then they only last for one charge so once you apply it onto your weapon and you get one charge out of it it's gone so that's i feel like that's kind of a scam but like um blacksmithing jewelry crafting you'll you'll be rolling in chrono if you're good at jewelry crafting and one of the things you'll see on TLPs is these guys that are insanely good at trade skilling will sell Chrono right when a server first launches. The Chrono price is obviously insanely low because the server just launched. Nobody has any money. You'll see these guys selling Chrono that they just paid $18 for from Daybreak Games for 50 Platinum. And like, why the hell would the guy sell that Chrono for that little? But if he can get that 50 Platinum and raise his jewel crafting or his blacksmithing skill up to 50 first, right. and he starts rolling out sets of banded armor and selling them to all the new players, he'll, that one Chrono that he bought, that he sold for 50 Platinum, he'll have 200 Chrono back in a month. Mm. So, I mean, it's it's crazy the way that guys are, are good at trade skilling. <laughs> can you turn that into real money then? Is there a, another way through this where you can then sell real life chrono to people and um, that whole thing? No. So terms of service wise, absolutely not. I would never ever condone anybody doing that. And that's um, that, that completely circumvents daybreak games there. I've, I've heard there are people that do that. I don't know really how that works. Or like what sort of websites you would go to to do that but um yeah i i i'm not familiar with that aspect of things don't honestly. do it don't yeah, do it absolutely sean see i saw that look in sean's eyes i had to cut him <laughs> off i remember back in the day though because okay so yeah sean and i started in 99 we started like right before kunark we think it's all a little hazy we smoked something back then and then <laughs> So we started around 99 and then we quit like two expansions after Planes of Power. I really personally enjoyed Planes of Power uh, quite a bit. Um, yeah. 
yeah back then what what were some of your favorite expansions when you first did the whole progression that you feel the most nostalgic for now um it, it honestly was probably kunark because just uh, planes of power is great i played on the agnar timeline progression server and that server capped out at planes of power and that that raid content is just so much fun getting to go up there and like you know kill all the gods and all that but my personal one is probably kunark because just from a, like a development standpoint, what that did for MMOs in general was just unbelievable. You going from the classic world of EverQuest to literally when Kunark came out, completely doubled the size of the world. You didn't just get level 50 to 60 content. You got level one to 60 content, tons of new zones, tons of new dungeons for every level. Um, the Epic quests was just unbelievable in terms of the lore and stuff that they had with them and the way that the community had to pull together on forums because no, no back then nobody had any idea how epics worked and it was people sharing information <laughs> back and forth with each other like i just found this weird npc in south karana that's talking about something about this this bard song and then bards would chime and be like oh my god i wonder if that's for our epic holy shit and they would all rush out there and start trying to talk to him and say these key phrases to people it was just an unbelievable time in gaming. And I like, it was probably the, for me, the best expansion I've ever played in any MMO period, but. Yeah. yeah it's much different. Now you can just go and look up all these different things. We, we try not to do it as much as we can. Cause I mean, back, back then you didn't, you, like you said, you had to be on a, on, on a chat with somebody or a, it wasn't like now where there was a website, you just go and everything was there. Yeah. All the information. Yeah, Very it's different. crazy how it's changed. But back when you had zero information, it really like is a testament to how good the community was in the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. P99 is a pretty amazing site. When we came back this time and I discovered that, I was I was pretty thrilled. We I use that constantly now. The uh, the wiki P99, I believe it is. Oh yeah, yeah. Just uh, absolutely great content. That's actually the wiki I still use for everything up until Velius and. Um, just as a server as well, P99 is is a ton of fun. The mods that, and the admins that run that server just do a phenomenal job. They've got an unbelievably loyal group of players. It's a very fun experience if you haven't played there before. <laughs> so are you a lore guy? Um, I am not really, to be honest with you. That's probably one of my shortcomings. I'm definitely no Zade or anything like that when it comes to... Uh, Everybody knows Zade. Yeah, he's like, that guy is a machine when it comes to lore. You can ask him anything about anything and he'll just start rattling off about it. Um, I like the lore and I love reading out the quests and the epic quests, but I just, I never owned any of the books as a kid. And so I never really got really behind a lot of the lore like some of these guys do well no this is good though you're more like this you're more cash and i think even more like me i really like the social aspect of it i always give sean crap because sometimes he wants the xp a little more and even if the group even if the xp is worse i always want to group up with other people just because especially during a pandemic just everquest is perfect right now i i've heard it called a, a glorified chat room and just, I don't know, I feel like I've met some people. There's this person we've been talking to, uh, Perdo from Belgium. Now we grouped with him again this morning and talked to him a little bit. You know, there's these people you meet. We even, I think we may have somebody mad at us, right? We're not going to say yeah. any names, right, Sean? But I think <laughs> no, there's somebody. No. Because, you know, when you I'm, hang out in a zone and you grind out five, six levels, you know, it ends up being the same people you see day after day, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, I think there's somebody who we grouped with a couple times and we yeah. it, things got kind of sketched. And now I don't think I offered them a res today and they never showed up. I think we're on the outs now. 
Oh, geez. That's EverQuest. <laughs> I mean, like, that's actually, it's one of the kind of the beautiful things about the game, too, is you have this, like, this wonderful sense of community. And there's people that I've met through the stream that I, I just truly believe, like, stay lifelong friends of mine. And then you have, like, these villains as well. And it just, <laughs> it almost, like, adds to the experience because... It, the, the game just wouldn't be the same without it there when i first came back to the game and started playing it was on the agnar time lock progression server and there was so much hype around that server there was so many people wanting to play on it and so many and i wasn't aware of this at the time but so many just kind of like infamous names in the everquest community of people that are kind of like well-known trolls and griefers that all came together and it was just amazing to see like the good guys and the bad guys that came in and tried to break up the good time. And like, it just almost added to the experience, if anything. <laughs> I, I feel that's how EverQuest kind of ended for me in the, when, it, when we finally started to walk away from it was that it felt like it had gotten to that place where it was, at least the server we were on had gotten to that place and people were not happy with the guild we were in. So it was difficult. Like, and we, I didn't feel like I was a part of that, but. Well, plus it was during a time when everybody was leaving for World of Warcraft. And I think some people were even, even leaving for EverQuest 2. I think it had just came out. And so, mm -hmm. you know, everybody yeah. was tense because they were losing their friends. And I think it was stressing everybody out. Yeah, I can understand that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's funny, too, because now now there's you know streaming is such a thing you know I, you and i have never done it before jeff but obviously it's something that's extremely popular and people love to watch people play games and i can only imagine at the time when we started playing too if i had the option to be able to watch somebody and just Ooh. learn from them playing can wow. you imagine that yeah no 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 i mean we were we didn't know any it was so bad it was alakazam Every, I, what i would do is i would go to my job I would go to my job and then I would use my job's internet to print out a couple pages from Alakazam and I would take them back home and my <laughs> dwarf Blargo would then be able to run around Butcher Block Mountains and actually know where he was going. Oh yeah, some people have like shared pictures with me of they still have their like these original binders of all the printed out yes, maps. And stuff. Yes. Some people actually hand drew those. Like they would oh, go through and like be a, a freaking cartographer and you know make their own maps as they were going through the zones. It's incredible. Um, yeah, I don't know that like the, the experience for EverQuest most definitely would not be the same in the modern age that we live in now. And I don't think that it would be as wonderful to come back and play now if we didn't, you didn't have that original experience with the game, like that yeah. nostalgic pull back to it. Like for people's first time jumping into the game that have never played it, I can understand why they don't have kind of that connection like you guys do or like I would because when we played it a long time ago, but well, that's a perfect segue because the other day, uh, Sean and I created a character uh, with my wife and us three decided to start a, a first level team. Uh, we had this crazy idea to make a Ogre Ogre Dark Elf because we've never played evil characters. And then the Ogre yeah. Ogre is Shadow Knight uh, Shami and the uh, Dark Elf is a wizard, uh, which is my oh, wife. Nice. Okay. Okay. And then um, we're like, okay, the reason we're doing this is because we do these uh, Patreon episodes where we do deep dives of dungeons and literally go through every room, every named, the drops, where's the C and Viz mobs, the pathers, all that stuff, right? Cool. And, and uh, we're like, why don't we go back with some first level characters and do some of the lobby dungeons? Like that might be fun. And Sean's started looking it up and he's like, we can do catacombs. 
And the, like getting our evil characters to catacombs underneath oh. Quenos was not easy at all. <laughs> it took me a second for like catacombs. I'm like, what the hell is the catacombs? I'm like, oh my God, Quenos, nobody goes there. Right, which is perfect because then we can like, even somebody who's played forever will be like, I want to listen to this because I've li literally never been to this place, you know? But then as soon as we get in there, I'm like, I don't know if this is going to work because our big ass ogres take up that whole catacomb. <laughs> the whole hallway. Like, the wizard, the poor dark elf standing behind, she doesn't even know if we're fighting something because the ogres take up the whole space. So, oh, yeah. I'm kinda I didn't even think for, about that. I'm kind of looking for advice here. Are there level one dungeons? Can we go north to Blackborough? Um, is Befallen isn't quite level one, right? You know? I, I'm yeah. Sure. So near every, near every newbie zone, there is some kind of level appropriate dungeon. But normally, yeah, you're not going to really venture into those until you're like between four and six. Like, you know, Greater Fadark has Kanos and, um, you know, uh, Freeport area has Befallen. Um, yeah, so you're generally, you're pretty courageous if you go in there at like level one especially as ogres in the catacomb driving a duck around every single place you go like that's a i don't think it's gonna work yeah i don't think it's gonna work sean no well we can come back we'll come back at five it's good it's it's the good zim it's the 125 zim i was like well we yeah, gotta no, be it doesn't there. matter if the zim's good or if we're five nobody can see anything we take up the whole space well, you I'm guys sure. are just—you guys are brave, though. That place is a nightmare to even just navigate. Like, even when you're level to be there, like if, Sean likes oh. that shit. He Sean wants us to keep going back to um. Where do you want to keep Kedge? He's just like Kedge. Kedge, oh, Kedge, Kedge, Kedge. Yes, oh. let's do it. That place gives me PTSD. Oh, if I never saw Kedge keep another day in my life, I have like a horrible like thalassophobia with a finical atropos for some reason. That guy just terrifies me. I cannot handle Kedge keep. But I've heard the experience is very good for people that are brave enough to go there. Yeah, that's and those uh, deep water inks too sell for a ton. So, yeah, I know that's why when your cleric could use all the gear from there too. <laughs> yeah, but we have to be all the mobs that drop stuff are at least level 49. 49, we're for, yeah. We're 47 now. We're getting there. We we got to yeah. be able to charm and we're City learning. City of Mist is fine. City of Mist. City of Mist is fine. We can stay here. <laughs> Charduk, your level range too. Charduk is a great spot as well. That's okay. I used to hate Charduk, but that is absolutely one of my favorite places now. Especially once you kind of get down towards the lower level near uh, what's called over under and kennels, that's the best experience from level fifty to sixty, hands down. Okay, okay. and where is that? Um, Charduk's off Burning Wood in. Uh, okay. okay, I'm not sure what server you guys are playing on, but as long as it has Kunark. Yeah, yeah, we're on yeah. we're on green. They green. have Kunark, so Just it's off Burning Wood. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Right off Burning Wood, you can get there. Someone can teleport you to Skyfire Mountains, and then you just literally run south into the Burning Wood, and it's it's right there. What about old Seb? Do we want to get our keys to XP there eventually? Is that a thing we want to do? Yeah, the Sebelis is great. It's well worth it, especially uh, I like to do, especially as ogres. You guys should do it as like a Patreon thing. Do the frog leveling path. You can start ogres or trolls, kill frogs in Inethul, go into upper gut, get to level 24, go to lower gut, get to level 50, and then go to Sebelis and kill frogs all the way to level 60. <laughs> And it's a really good experience too. It's like insane experience. So, but definitely get your sub key. Yeah. How do you get a sub key? How does that work? We need to still um, do that. It is the Froglock Foragers. And I think the other ones are called the Hunters. So you go into Emerald Jungle and then into okay. Trachanon's Teeth. Trachanon's Teeth are the mobs that you need to kill. Um, they're generally like kind of right where you poured in. You'll just have like your main group kind of chilling right there and then you have hopefully a tracker with you that will go out and like pull those back to you 
Um, you need a medallion off of a hunter and a medallion off of a forager. They, they drop it guaranteed each time, but each person needs one of each of the medallions. Oh boy. And then there's, there's a ghost in, I'm probably going to mess this up on the opposite side of the zone from where you zone. And I can't remember if it's North or South. I think it's North. You give him each one of the medallions and then he just lives, literally gives you back an item that's called a tracking on idol. And that's what you need to click on the, the red portal and that'll port you into Sebelis for the first time. It's a really quick quest. You only need the two items. You can probably do the whole quest for like an entire group in about 30 minutes. Oh, that's not bad. All right. No problem. And hey, we're already in City of Mist. I think it's like right outside, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a cool little thing about City of Mist is if you are a uh, uh, melee character, you know how melee characters, they can't bind themselves wherever they want to. They right. have to be bound someplace. But since the City of Mist is considered a city, someone that's oh. like a warrior or a ranger can be bound inside the City of Mist. So in case you die in Sebelis, you don't have to run from like a super long distance. You'll be in a City of Mist at least. Nice. All right. So best group, best six person group. Break it down for us. Six necromancers. <laughs> <laughs> no. So like uh, really... Uh, <laughs> Like an, an insane group, like if you just want to be absurd with it, would be five enchanters uh, and a, like you can do <laughs> five charmed pets. I mean, one enchanter charmed pet, even though they've nerfed charm pets on the TLP, still does more damage than any other DPS by at least double. So, I mean, you could do lots of enchanters. I mean, my, my perfect group would probably be cleric, shaman. The tank doesn't matter so much to me. I really like Shadow Knights in the groups because they have the ability to like feign death, pull, and they've got some cool utility. So I would do like an enchanter, a cleric, a shaman, a shadow knight, a monk, and um, you know, whatever other class, like a mage, something just some other DPS in there would be good. Really the titular part is the enchanter, the cleric, um, and the the shadow knight, really, for me. Hmm. But I love having slows. I love having a shaman in my group. You don't have to have them, but it's so, so unbelievably nice to have a shaman. Yeah, their debuffs are best in the game, right? Um, yeah, yeah, their slow is the best in the game. So they kind of they kind of switch positions with enchanters. Enchanters have a better haste, and shamans have the better slow. So I can still haste stuff as a shaman. It's just not as good as an enchanter. Enchanters can still slow stuff. It's just not quite as good as a shaman. But yeah, the, the buffs that shamans bring to the group, um, their ability to, if they cannibalize, you know, properly and you play the character efficiently, they'll pretty much never run out of mana. So they're a great backup healer. Great. The amount of damage that your group doesn't take because of the slows that they put on the mob is absolutely insane. They, they make mm -hmm. the cleric's life so much easier. It's just a great class to have around. Perfect. What's your favorite heavy metal band? Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> um, oh, that's another kind of loaded question. I'm a, I will, I'm a real hipster doofus when it comes to the type of music that I listen to. Um, I probably couldn't pinpoint like one band, but I'm a, I am a gigantic fan of like a genre of music called atmospheric black metal. One of my favorites is probably a band called Summoning. They do lots of like fantasy themed, like Tolkien-esque lyrics and stuff, but they do it with like that growly metal vocals. Uh, I love it, but that's a, that's a whole nother podcast, man. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> we, uh, here at purple Elf productions, we have a couple other podcasts. We have LTF where Sean and I just talk to people. So if you ever want to talk about the time you spent up in Alaska with your Ravens, we can just talk about the real world <laughs> stuff on that one with you. Yeah. Or but any it, world problems you might be having in life. But if, <laughs> uh, 
if you happen to also like uh, punk music, we do another one called More Punk Than Me, where we curate a uh, punk playlist, one song at a time, uh, and each person picks a punk song. If you uh, ever, oh, wanna, dude, if you ever want to be on that, I I'm a big. That's actually before I was into metal. Like the, my brother kind of got me into that. I'm kind of more like superficial when it comes to the punk. Like you know, Dead Kennedys, The Adolescents, Di, Agent Orange, like all of that sort of stuff. But I absolutely love me some punk. Absolutely. I am the one that everybody is more punk than. I am not punk, but I started a podcast network and I love the band No Effects. So I asked all my punk friends to start a podcast with me. I tried, I tried to make it only about No Effects where we all got to pick No Effects songs. And they literally, after recording like four or five episodes, they told me this is not going to work and we have to restart and we all get to pick our own songs. And so for the first like 12 episodes, I kept picking No Effects as my song. And then I finally got sick of it. And now I'm picking other stuff. Like I, I picked- oh, dude. I picked Misfits' Last Caress as my first non uh, no song because that's a cool song. That's a banger. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I figured that's where the name came from because I do a live show where he says uh, something about being more punk than me. He's more, He's punk, more than punk than me. Than me. Yep, yeah. That's right. Have you heard uh, Me First in the Gimme Gimmies? Oh, they talk. My people who are more punk than me talk about them. I don't know who they are, Dude. but they, we've talked about them on the podcast and I don't know what they're talking about. As soon as you wrap up this episode, you got to go listen to some okay. first give me. It's, uh, fat, uh, fat Mike. It's like a punk super group, but Fat Mike oh. is, oh. and all all they do is covers of songs that you would never think punk band should do covers of, like Take on Me and shit like that. Like oh, they have sweet. Whole, whole albums dedicated to like covering country songs and stuff, and it's incredible. It's okay, incredible. I'm gonna do that. And if you get a chance, check out our our purpleelfproductions.com uh, page for more punk than me because there's a th there's a video from Eric Sandin, the drummer, saying some really disgusting things to us. Oh, three. dude, he's so funny. That, was, <laughs> that so dude funny. was so funny. Oh my I god, that guy. will. My friend, <laughs> my friend bought me a cameo. Oh, uh, you know that cameo where you can get like yeah. uh, celebrities to like say something to you. He bought me a cameo because I love the drummer Eric Sandin from No Effects so much. He's my favorite thing about the band, and it's so funny. He just goes off on how dumb I am, and it's really <laughs> enjoyable. Uh, uh, oh, that's great, dude! I'll definitely <laughs> check that out. You have to remind people about Amazon too, Jeff. Yeah. So, uh, uh. Pantheist Heathen is on Twitch, and uh, most of you already know what Twitch is, and some of you don't, but everybody knows what Amazon is, and m a lot of people, I believe it's something like over half Americans now, which is ridiculous, have Amazon Prime. Um, so if you have Amazon Prime, you can give subscriptions for free. It doesn't cost you anything. It costs Amazon something, but they give money to these uh, Twitch streamers on your behalf doesn't cost you anything, but when you have Amazon Prime, it's just a little bonus you get. So what you do is you go onto twitch.com and you find uh, Pantheist Heathen and you hit subscribe. And it says, uh, well, first of all, you log in. You log into your Amazon account when you go to Twitch. And it says, oh, you wanna subscribe. Do you wanna do it for free? Because you have a Prime account and you say, yes, I would. And then just every month you can do that to a, a streamer if you want. And if you wanted to add $5, could you add $5? Could you add $5? <laughs> Let me tell you. Oh, no, that was very nice of you guys. Yeah, you did definitely you can handle all that stuff through uh through the the Twitch app directly. Uh very very nice of you guys to call that out. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's super huge <laughs> and most people don't even know about that you can do that, you know, and it's yeah. free if you want it to be or if you want to give a little bit more because it's important that's why these people are doing it. Again, if I had the access to this back in the day, if I had access to people like Pamp to give me information, to watch what they were doing and to learn from it, I would have been taking huge advantage of that. So give back when you get a chance. That's all I'm saying. 
That's really cool. It is just, it's, it's a really more than anything. It's just a great hobby for me. I never started for doing it for one instant thinking that I would ever get more than like two or three people in the chat room. It's just, I look forward to it at the end of every one of my work weeks to just get to chill out with some really cool people. And I will say I'm super, super fortunate that so many awesome people have decided to kind of come into the channel and hang out and chill out with me while we play some super old badass video games. So it's really, really awesome. What's your favorite zone? Oh, um, so favorite hunting zone, I would say Mistmore Castle. I really? love Mistmore. I we love hear it's a it. nightmare. We heard it's a nightmare. It is, but that's what makes it so great because it's like <laughs> your entry level into like horrible things that are going to happen to you. It's like foreshadowing for when you get to later levels. Really? Um, yeah, like it's it's such an amazingly cool zone. And like if you're a puller or you're a DPS, having to get a castle entrance group and make your way across that little bridge and get into the castle for the first time. And then you open up a door trying to see what you want to pull in 12 things aggro on you, five of which are casters. Oh. It's it's a blast. And it's going to teach yeah. you how to play the game real quick. You're going to learn some lessons. Um, and I, in terms of uh, non zones that will kill you, like uh, Surefall Glade. I've always been really partial to Surefall Glade out of Kanos for some reason. And the northern part of the Kanos Hills, that's where human rangers start. Um, it's awesome. <laughs> mm. I love that zone. It's just yeah, very, it's, very peaceful and atmospheric. It's a small little zone that you've never probably even been in, Jeff, unless you've played uh, Ranger or Druids can yeah. start there too. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's a uh, human Rangers and Druids. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you have to pick a certain deity as, as well. I'm not sure if human Rangers can start anywhere else, like in Freeport, but I, I think you get hamstringed into going to Surefall. But when you step into Surefall and there's a rainstorm going on and it's that thunder and the rain coming through the trees and you got that little lake in front of you, it's beautiful. I don't remember that. And I don't remember that side very much, which is one of the reasons I think Sean pulled us over there to try to do the catacombs. Sean, we have to leave the catacombs. We have to go to Blackboro. <laughs> We're too big. <laughs> we're just too big. She can't see anything. <laughs> Speaking of new players wondering if this game is any fun, we're like, just hit that nuke button every once in a while when you see us fighting a monster. And she's like, okay, I can't see anything. What's happening? Okay, so. My favorite I, moment was when she said, how come it's not working anymore? And you're like, because you're, you're out of mana. <laughs> and then you had, to, you had to explain like what that meant and how to get it back. And that was just, it was brilliant. I wish we had Did you, uh, did you I'm sorry, Sean, did you say it was your wife or is it? Uh, My Jack? wife. Yeah. Oh, okay. Did, what did, what was her, her take on it? That was her first time playing? Yeah. I yeah, don't she's... know what her take was. I think she <laughs> enjoyed it. She said she had fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's always so I always like to hear what first time players think of the game because if you if people have noticed if people are coming from another game like World of Warcraft or any more modern game and then they come back to try EverQuest, it seems like it's harder for people to get into it because they're used to that much more fast paced version of right. the game. Well, but. she loves uh she loved Knights of the Old Republic, uh, the Star Wars okay. uh, time based game, turn based game. Yeah, huge fan of that, and then Dragon Age. Dragon's Age, oh, yeah. also okay. turn-based, yeah, I think. Huge yeah. fan of that, and also a big fan of Civ. All turn-based games, actually. Cool. Okay. Well, I hope she keeps playing. Hopefully, it wasn't just a one-time thing. You got to get her to keep logging in and playing. Well, yeah, <laughs> she has to uh, fulfill content now. We have to do these bonus episodes. So. Oh, there right. you go. <laughs> That's yeah, a good choice. way to get her into playing the game. Right. Like, we got to make this new episode. Come on, let's go. 
But what I do remember from over there when the first time I played back in 99 or whatever is that Kara Isle. And I swear, I thought I had found the place that nobody else had ever found because I never saw anybody else there. And I remember fighting these little cats or something. Oh, yeah. On, yeah. on this island between like Otis and Quenos or something like that. And I thought I had just like nobody knew about that place but me. It really is. That's a cool zone, too. And it's like very it is very secretive because I really don't think uh, I don't remember a lot about the game from back then. But I can't imagine that that's like a place people went to to really go and level. Plus, they made re they make really sad noises when you <laughs> for it. So, yeah, that's why I never really liked killing them. I killed one of them and I'm like, oh, no, no, but we're out of here. <laughs> Done with that. Done with that. <laughs> oh, no. Favorite raid. Do you raid? <laughs> Um, yeah, so I haven't I haven't done a lot of raiding on Eridun just because on Agnar I did a ton of raiding, like literally four nights a week on all the way through classic Kunark into Velius. Um, so I feel like I've in that era I've seen all the raiding that I really kind of want to, but it's it's a fun experience. It really is. All right, here's the big question. What's that, Sean? Go ahead. I said we're just about to get back into raiding, right? Right that's wednesday actually tomorrow yeah nice. man I, where are you guys raiding are you doing kunark stuff uh we're gonna do fear i think oh sweet dude so that's a great zone <laughs> it's been a long time that's the first time you're gonna have been back up there since you started playing again basically yes yeah oh dude it's gonna be cool <laughs> i know i'm very much looking forward to it heck yeah uh how do we get there <laughs> through the fear rot so uh the ogre area you guys should be familiar with that that area that you start out in as an ogre that yeah. forested area um in the southwest part of the fear rot to the west of kazakhthul um there's a secret little entrance you'll see it if you open oh you're p99 you guys don't have maps i don't know how you're gonna find it then because i just hit m and boom there it is i see it <laughs> um but no, there's like a, it's like a secret spot in the rock. It looks like there's a rock there, but you can just walk right through it. And it's like a secret tunnel. And then there's this big, gigantic orange portal that opens up in front of you. And you just walk right through it to your death, more than likely, because breaking plane of fear is really rough. Yeah. <laughs> you get attacked. Everybody comes and attacks you. Yeah. Yeah. The aggro radius in that zone is pretty insane stuff. It feels like stuff aggers you from halfway across the zone, but I'm sure you guys are with a good a good guild that'll get you reacquainted with it. <laughs> yeah, we won't be on the break-in team, that's for certain. <laughs> and on P99, everything is way is I don't like using the word hardcore, but like with all your gear staying on your body and stuff, like it's there's a much more of a level of tension that comes with breaking into a zone like that on P99 than there is on a TLP. Because if I mess up a break-in and we die, we've got all of our gear on our body, we can just go try again. But if like your guild wipes on p99 you guys got to go to the bank and grab your alternate set of gear and uh, go back i don't have any alternate set of gear yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. man that's, that's why we're not gonna we won't be on the break-in team yeah yeah it can be dangerous but you guys you guys will do great and you'll probably get a chance what uh you're an enchanter sean yeah yeah exactly what are you playing jeff i'm a cleric oh so you, neither one of you guys have your gear that drops there unfortunately you guys are both have your stuff in plain of hate but right that's where we were trying. That's where we were trying to go, and then we messed it up. So maybe we should sign up for the earlier one. Go to hate instead. We can. Wait, no, oh, we can't. I made other plans. You messed it all up, Sean. You said you want to do the night one. Tonight's just DK. It's just going to be DKP anyway. It's our first raid ever. 
Well, and that'll, it'll buy you brownie points with your guild too, because the, the one thing your guild doesn't want to see is that you only show up to the plane of hate raids because that's where your gear drops at. They need clerics and enchanters in plane of fear so badly. So they'll be like, wow, these guys are coming to this raid, even though they're not going to get any gear that drops. These guys are awesome. Let's go to plane of, plane of hate for them next. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's right. Give a little, get a little. Yeah, exactly right. So what do we do in fear? I'm pretty sure I just heal. Is Sean going to be like buffer central? Is everybody just going to be asking him for haste, clarity, haste, clarity? I mean, how how's because we're just used to grouping and this is going to be a whole new thing for us. It's It's been a while, you know? Yeah, you will be uh, healing and rezzing a lot. Sean, are you a drinking <laughs> man, if you don't mind me asking? Am I what? Are you a drinking man? I don't. I smoke. <laughs> I don't. I, don't okay. I, I mean, I, I'll have a beer. I'll have a couple of beers, but I'm not good at it. Have have the smoke probably pretty ready, dude. You're gonna be busy. You're gonna be real busy. Um, you're, you're gonna get. You're gonna be doing the buffs. Everyone's gonna want haste. They're gonna want clarity. But when your puller brings twelve things back into the camp that could potentially kill people in three or four hits, and you're on top of helping the, you'll have all your enchanters like off in the front lines, like mezzing, 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 mezzing. Oh, that mez is about to break. Remez that one. Oh my god! And it's just like a whole nother war that you're fighting and playing a fear. So, it'll be a cool experience for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> you better uh add him uh keep keep him targeted pretty closely with your yeah. heels i was gonna say we heard we needed to get higher than just one level so we got up to 47 now we're like almost 48 but now i'm wondering did we even get high enough you know oh uh, yes god i hope so there's no way you're gonna lose <laughs> there's no way god there's no way you got experience reses you'll be fine you will die uh, a few times but it'll fun. be uh you'll earn your marks it'll be fun <laughs> okay so um i don't know if they change this over time but help out uh our new players here who are thinking about getting back in they can't remember which classes are powerful which ones aren't i think we've covered the bases that chanters are just a broken class especially if you just want to do like soloing with a cleric or something like that and sean and i make fun of rangers a lot but do you do you have a like a kind of a scale you think it goes like hey new players stick to these classes because you're going to be wanted in groups yeah, so um, it, and all of my it, generally when I talk about stuff like this, it's coming from a place of time lock progression servers because I know on P99 the way the stats work are more like they were in classic and things are a little bit different. But like um, on time lock progression servers, enchanters, there was a patch that happened like last year that reduced the amount of charmed pet damage by 25%. And enchanters are still insane <laughs> the amount of damage they do. So yeah, like um, I would, if someone's coming back and kind of wanting to play a character i would say probably rogues are fun but they're just not great unfortunately they're a fun class but when rogue their utility is they come into a group and they do damage but the downside is the way classic works and kunark works and velius works they're so reliant on their weapons they can't really hold a candle to like what monks can do monks dps they use a different like algorithm for it. I don't know if that's the right word for it, but they scale monks fist damage based off of live servers, not just TLP. So monks probably do 25 to 30% more damage than rogues do. Oof. And they have more utility. They have the ability to feign death and pull. So if you have like 50 rogue looking for group or 50 monk looking for group, I mean, nine times out of 10, unless that one person like feels sorry for you, they're going to invite the monk into the group every time, unfortunately. Um, I find the ranger thing, it's a funny meme and everything, but um, they they don't wear plate like knights do, like warriors or paladins or shadow knights. So they're clearly not going to be able to take a hit quite as well. But 
I have grouped with so many Rangers. They were absolutely obscene and can do amazing things with pulling and DPSing. And um, I love having them in my group, but I think it's one of those things with like certain people that play them can give them a bad name. If you're going to play a character and you're not going to like try to understand how the character works and to try to make it the best you can, it's going to be lackluster. I mean, it's the same with necromancers. Necromancers are great, but if you're one of those necromancers that just phones it in and thinks they're just going to send their pet at something and like, you know, dot something once and not see all the toolkits that necromancers actually have to be able to charm undead mobs and mez mobs and give their mana to casters when they're running low on mana, you're just not playing the class to its full potential. But I really firmly believe any class, probably with the exception of rogues and classic, can be very good if they're just played properly. And I mean, that just comes with time and learning how to play the class. And then there's the extra possible hurdle of uh, experience negatives, right? Like if you pick a Paladin or a Shadow Knight, like if you pick a Ogre Shadow Knight as a new character, aren't you going to level a little slower than your friends that you're grouped with? Yeah, like a lot slower. I think on P99, I think it isn't a, I think a troll shadow knight's like a negative 60% or something. Oh. Like that. <laughs> Why that's, do they do uh, that? Is it because that combination's too powerful and they want to slow you down? Why do they do that? That's I think that's what their initial intent was when they were creating the game because they thought that these hybrid classes were like like a paladin and a shadow knight were just gonna be broken because, like, oh my god, we're taking a warrior and mixing it with a necromancer. So this is just gonna be too powerful. And it turned out that that actually wasn't the case at all, but they, I guess they didn't know how to go back in and fix it or they just opted not to. So they just left it. Now, like on the time lock progression servers, that stuff's all been done away with at this point. You can play whatever you want. There's no experience bonuses and there's no experience penalties. So everything's on an even playing field. P99 still has that though. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I, I, you guys would probably know a little bit better than I do. I didn't play a ton on P99. I think that experience penalty is somehow shared with your actual group. So it's not Ooh. just it's not just the troll Shadow Knight that's taking that experience deficit because like let's say the Shadow Knight's the highest level character in the group. They get prioritized by getting a bigger chunk of the oh. experience when you kill something and because they're getting that negative everybody in effect is getting less experience so <laughs> so here's a funny story so sean and i you know like i said we have that tension where we'll log on in the morning he's been waking up super early lately it's been kind of nice for me because i'll wake up at like a pretty lazy time like 8 or 8 30 and he's waking up you know two hours earlier than me and he's like all right you ready to play it's pretty sweet and so we start playing <laughs> and usually if i get on there first uh i'm always like wondering if we should group up because i'm the person who always wants to group i like talking with people i just like being in groups um plus i like promoting the podcast and uh yeah. and i think sean is like but i'm so powerful we don't really need anybody else you can just <laughs> kill my pet and so we've been doing this thing where we've been going back to moat in city of mist which is the area all the way back for those who don't know and uh, we've learned that just the two of us now at level 47 can do all of moat if we're careful. Um, but so the other day I'm like, nah, let's group instead. So we get in a group and by, by the way, there's a level 52 shadow knight uh, and all of a sudden our XP went to like nothing. Uh. It went from going awesome with just us two to the next day in a full group with a 52 shadow knight. And they're like, hey guys, I think this group is good enough where we can go do moat. And I'm just rolling my eyes like, oh, Sean, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I mean, you could have soloed this, and here now we're in a full group with a 52 Shadow Knight getting zero XP, and they're like, I think we're good enough now, guys. We can go take yeah, mode is, down. But it is and easy that, mode at that point. It's just easy mode. Like, you can just sit there and, you know, slow this, and then it's not... When it's just the two of us, I mean, it's a lot more fun, but it's a lot more difficult. 
Is that what it is for you, Sean? The fun? Because you get pretty mad when you die. Is it fun? It's well, the madness only comes when the stun doesn't doesn't happen. (laughs) Or when I'm like, yeah, dude, it can be infuriating. And like when you're um when the charm wants to break every 10 seconds, it's like holy shit, dude, just pet for more than 10 seconds at a time. Yeah. But have you guys noticed a lot of uh a lot of like really close calls where you have your charm break and it's attacking you were like near death experiences are you kidding oh, me oh god yeah every time so. <laughs> that's what that's how we live man yeah it's on the edge thing. and it's a constant tension of what pet should we get and what level pet should we get and you might actually be able to help us out here because we've definitely become cognizant of the level and learned yeah. that it's sometimes better just to get a low level pet and buff it because if he if sean slows our enemy our low level pet's still going to win as long as I oh, get yeah. like two complete heals or something. It might take a while, but it's going to win. Yeah. Uh, whereas if we take a pet that's uh, like closer to our level, that thing's breaking all the time. We're just going to die sooner or later. We just can't do yeah. it. Right. And so um, what we don't know, though, is are certain types of creatures more resistant to breaking? We can't quite figure it out. Like we have ghosts and we have golems and we have skeletons. We're like, should we is there a preferred thing we can we can tell certain classes we're like well we like the uh, the ghosts because they seem to be shadow knights and they seem to keep their health up and seem to get aggro really good and all this stuff but are there other angles we should be looking at oh yeah i mean that's that's a whole nother world i mean every zone will have the best pet like the pet that you want to go after every time you're in the zone certain things like i i use unrest as an example uh ghouls are very very magic resistant i don't know what makes ghouls more magic resistant than like a skeleton but yeah there's an insidious mist i'm sure there are mobs there too um where they'll be much more resistant to magic and might be prone to breaking more often especially in terms of p99 um like in Sebelis, there is a pet, it's called the Disco Camp. And it's because it's this, this big open room that has like this light right above and it looks like you're on a disco floor. There's this wizard that spawns there. It's a frog lock. I think it's a gin wizard. I can't remember what the, the preface is for it, but it is disturbing how much it kills. Like you can literally send that pet after any one of the other mobs there and it'll two shot it it'll just blast it twice and it's dead. So like you can literally, just the two of you could clear out that entire camp with no problems whatsoever. And like good gear drops there, good loot drops there. Um, So there's definitely like the top tier pet that you want in every zone. And I'm sure somebody has compiled a pretty badass list out there of that. I'm just not super familiar with it personally. Makes sense, Sean. It seems like it, it's made sense because those golems, they seem like they hardly ever break. They're easy peasy. Then all of a yeah. sudden we get the ghosts and they're like, ah, I'm going to hit you. Ah, I'm going to hit you. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, it helps when your cleric pays attention and stuns it whenever they can. It's really super beneficial. Uh, yeah, man. Like I've noticed um, one of my, my biggest things in my toolkit when I was an enchanter is your level two mez spell mesmerize you're familiar with that i'm sure right that it still works for whatever reason on stuff up to level 55 so as soon as your pet breaks you you know hit you do your aoe stun and then you can hit him with that level two mez because it's only like a two second cast time and that gives you just enough time to recharm the mob before it starts beating the crap out of you aoe stun sean aoe stun no it's not a stun what AOE stun? I keep telling you to use the AOE stun because everybody on Discord keeps saying to use it. And you're like, no, it makes everybody way too mad at me. I don't like it. Here's what happens. Well, here's why I don't like it. Let's talk about this. This is good. <laughs> so when they're, it, that's fine if there's just the one mob. But when it's three mobs and right. you use stun, then all three mobs do what? 
because you've slowed the bad guy and you've messed the other guy and then your guy breaks and all three of them run at you and you're saying you refuse to do the AOE sometimes yeah just because i'm a high elf enchanter they just they they just want to kill me (laughs) oh yeah absolutely i mean enchanters get an unbelievable amount of hate like seriously especially like you've noticed when you tash something like if you're if your warrior or your your tank isn't right on that thing taunting it back off you it tash is such a huge amount of aggro it's unbelievable <laughs> yep. Tepid deeds, all of it, all slow is bad. All of it is bad. The, any one of your weaknesses is bad. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. They'll be on top of you. Poor enchanters, man. And they just like normally, they're not really geared super well if it's your first character. So you can't. And then, of course, when you've got the mob into the camp at, angry at you, that's when your charm's going to break and start beating the piss out of you at the same time. So then you got two things to deal with. That's it. That's it. Yeah, poor enchanters. You know what else they do too? After a, a big fight where they've mezzed two things and charmed another thing and slowed everything, they really want that big old pat on the back. And when they're not called out for it, they kind of get a little grumpy. And I'm not going to clarify to you for a little bit. That's right. Well, see, it's like, that's what's so funny about EverQuest too. You're both of your guys' characters are two of the linchpins of a group. And when everything is moving smoothly and perfectly, <laughs> stuff's getting mezzed, people are getting healed. Like, You'll never hear a word about anything, but then as soon as one thing happens where you're two seconds late on that mez or a second late on that heel and someone dies, that's all you're going to hear about. So why did I die, dude? Why did I die? You don't want to talk about the last four hours where everything's been going perfectly. What the fuck? I have to say, though, that pretty much for 99% of the people we've grouped with, nobody has ever complained everybody's no. been everybody's been very cool maybe it's different this time on p99 and you get people who are back in it for the fun and i don't, I don't know maybe we're just not in the high enough and uh, guilds and stuff but everybody's been super nice i've really that was my experience there as well and the stories that people have told me uh, the, the community there just seems to be fantastic they love to see new players come into the community they're very helpful very welcoming there to answer questions and stuff I never got to the level where I started doing the rating on P99, but I've heard that can be a little on the toxic side when you have guilds like fighting with each other and stuff as to whose turn it is to kill Nagafin and stuff like sure. that. But um, the community as a as a whole, I've heard, is just phenomenal. So. Well, and then there's the whole drama about when does the sleeper wake up, right? We've talked about it several times on this podcast. When is SEAL team going to wake up the sleeper? Guys. Is that going to be the guild that does it? Are they like oh, the yeah. for sure. powerful guild? Oh yeah, they're gonna do it. Oh yeah. Oh man, like that's on TLPs. It happens within 24 hours every time. Every time a new server gets to the sleeper, it's 24 hours and it's it's awakened. Maybe there'll be like some kind of a cool thing on your guys' server where like they allow everybody to go there and get gear from those guys before they wake them up. Even if they do, Sean and I will not be part of that second Mm -hmm. wave. We're like kind of in the sixth wave. We're in the we're in the play an hour and a half for mornings a week wave. Gotcha. (laughs) The casual wave. That's like me. Yeah. Yeah. I've honestly never conflated playtime with your hardcoreness because when I first started playing on Agnar, I was probably playing for 14 hours a day. I was in just a, an interesting spot where I was had a lot of time during the week and stuff to play. And I still considered myself an unbelievably casual player just because I never <laughs> right. wanted things to go to that like min-maxing next level. So, I mean, I've just always thought that that was interesting that people just because you play 14 hours a day and you sleep on your floor in 20 minute increments in between spawn timers and lower guck, you know, you're not necessarily hardcore. I'm ashamed to admit I did do that once. Oh yeah. (laughs) So guys, interesting personal fact. Um, 
my wife, uh, my wife, um, she has been volunteering for like Red Cross and like helping people like get tested and stuff like that. And because of that, she actually just got vaccinated um, yesterday. And she even before that, she had had COVID. She got it actually pretty early. And it said that at least we've heard that if when you get vaccinated and you uh, have already had it, it can it can be a little rough. So she's actually really sick right now. Not really, really sick, but, you know, she has like a fever. And um, uh, yeah, but that's interesting that like this is the first person I've known who's gotten vaccinated. I've heard about other people, but I just thought it would be something interesting to point out for the cast. But I also have to uh, make dinner for her soon. Uh, Got you. But before we get but before we get to dinner, I want to know a, something. Hey, hold on a second. That's a really terrible lame excuse to stop the podcast. All of both of those things. First of all, you had to tell this incredibly made up story about your wife working for Red Cross and all this other stuff. I'm kidding. <laughs> His wife is actually a saint. So but here's I what know I, it's true. Here's what I want to know though. And Sean, you can't say Bilbo because you have a fascination with him. Who are each Bilbo of your favorite Baggins. characters from Lord of the Rings? Oh my god. Um and I, I think this is probably Bilbo? gonna be the last time you guys talk to me now at this point because I I've watched the Lord of the Rings trilogy one time. I've okay. never read the books. So okay. like I I don't even probably remember the name of some of the main characters. I like that dwarf guy that gets thrown over to the bridge. Yeah. I mean I like Gimli. Gandalf. But I mean, isn't that like everybody would say Gandalf? People that don't know anything about Lord of the Rings, that's the first thing they're gonna say is the wizard guy, right? Yeah. I gotta There's have the- a better there's this funny streamer uh, named Crokies who does Magic the Gathering, and he's kind of become the top streamer just because he does it constantly, and he's kind of sarcastic and funny. And every time he plays against somebody who's like a dirtily blue-white control deck, he's like, oh, we got another Gandalf here. It's so funny. <laughs> he calls them all Gandalfs. It's hilarious. Oh, real Gandalf. <laughs> it's, mentioning Lord of the Rings is funny because I've, I've wanted to like actually sit down and rewatch the trilogy because it comes up in, in the stream all the time. Like people just talking about Lord of the Rings. I feel like I'm just missing out on something because it was like when they first came out is when I watched it. So you guys are going to make me have to sit down and watch the whole 24 hour trilogy. There'll be a test next time you're on. Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> uh, do you, did you, do you play tabletop D&D? Um, that is something that has just very, very recently happened. Um, the last about month to month and a half, I stream Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. And uh, a couple of the viewers have been wanting me to, um, jump into a couple of games. So I've been kind of trying that out. I really enjoy it. Like, um, I don't feel like I'm great at it. I don't have a, a great imagination or anything, but, uh, alternating Saturday mornings, it's a call of Cthulhu um tabletop game and then we actually have a everquest role-playing tabletop campaign that we do on the every other saturday so awesome sean never quit sean's a real dork we all you know we all played back in the 80s sean never quit nerd alert nerd alert it's fun man and i just like i've always loved uh like reading out quests and doing voices like i've always been super interested in like voiceover stuff and so people from the stream have said damn you should really try D." and so i had some of them talk me into trying it and it it really is a lot of fun if you like can get into your character and do some of the role playing it's great man yeah it's a lot of fun it's good if you got people you can play with oh yeah well, this has been awesome. Thank you very much, Pantheist Heathen, for being on the podcast. We really appreciate it. We really love you bringing a new aspect. I love having somebody on who really loves the community aspect and the fact that we all have to come together to beat this game. 
Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. And if I can just say it's the first time I've ever been on a podcast, I'm absolutely honored that you guys would have asked me to come on and, you know, be a guest. It's been unbelievably fun. I've looked forward to it all week. And I listen to a lot of podcasts and it is a skill to interview people. Okay. Cause I've heard some like, no offense. I've heard some really like awkward interviewers. Yeah. <laughs> no facts. Uh, yeah. You guys, you guys are great at it. Seriously. Cause it's, it's a very hard thing to do. So thank you very much for making it super easy. Yeah. Well, that means you get to come back again. So not that automatically you can't say no. Um, we'll just have to set it up <laughs> as soon as we're done here. No. Um, and don't forget to go to Amazon people and, and do that. If you can go Twitch. on Twitch and, and watch and, and, and check it out is um, you're going to get really good information and have a good time. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for coming on today. Everybody out there. Um, have a good day. Thanks guys. Bye. Bye-bye.